So many of us, we want to deny it, but the reality is we have a lot of worries. Um, I think one reason why people are hesitant to make New Year resolutions or uh, to write out even prayer requests, it's because we worry a lot. We worry about things not going the way that we planned, the way that we have decided. Uh, We are worried about failure, so we worry a lot about what's to happen. Uh, People who have a lot of money worry about what they're going to do with their money. People who don't have a lot of money worry that they don't have enough money. People who are sick are worried about their health conditions. People who are not sick, rather healthy, are worried that one day they will become sick. People who don't have kids are worried that they're never going to have kids. People who have kids are worried because of their kids. Uh, People who have Decent jobs are worried because it seems too good to be true. They wonder if one day they'll be laid off. People who don't have good jobs are worried that they can, would, they, would I ever be able to find a decent job. No, we worry about life a lot. Uh, we worry when things are not going our way because we wonder if this is just going to continue. We worry when things are going our way, when life seems pretty good because we know that, man, someday all of this is going to just disappear. Many of us want to deny it, but the reality is we all have worries and struggles and troubles, uh, especially when you are making a decision to follow Jesus. Now, it's one thing for you to just live a decent life, but we worry a lot, especially when we are going all in for Jesus, when we are laying down our lives, when we say, okay, we're going to deny ourselves, take up our own cross, follow him. There's a lot to that. Like, it's like you're going all in, in this one area of your life, Jesus Christ. And that worries us, because what if we follow Jesus and it's actually not what we expected it to be? What if we follow Jesus and and trouble comes our way and maybe we might even lose our life and sorrow might hit our hearts and and. And I certainly worry about those things. I remember walking into ministry full-time. One of my biggest concerns is that what if I regret this down the road? After 10 years, 20 years, what if I just simply say to myself, man, I wish I just had a normal job, made decent money so that I can live a comfortable life. We worry about these things, especially when we follow Jesus. And I think God knows that. Now, in today's passage, Jesus is speaking to his disciples Right before this, he was speaking to the crowd in general, but uh, especially about uh, treasures and monies. Remember the parable of the rich fool, how life is not defined by all the stuff that you have. But now Jesus turns to his disciples. He's looking them in, in the eye. These disciples, these 12 disciples or plus, these people who made a decision to follow Jesus, to lay down their lives, to follow Jesus. This is what he says in verse 22. Therefore, I tell you, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Don't be anxious. That word anxious, worry, appears time and time again in this passage. And because Jesus is communicating two things to us this morning. Jesus, he cares about your anxiety. Jesus cares about your anxiety. If anxiety was not real, if anxiety was not a big deal, I don't think Jesus would spend this much time talking about anxiety and worries. Like there's so many commands in the Bible that says, fear not, don't be afraid, don't worry, don't be anxious. It's because anxiety is absolutely real in our lives. It's something that, that hinders us, especially as we are pursuing Jesus in our walk with Christ. And, and so 
It's a big deal. That's why Jesus is addressing this. And I want you to know that this is not just a problem for non-believers. This is a problem that exists within the disciples. Like he's speaking to faithful followers, people who, who, who made a decision to follow him. And he's saying that you guys are not immune to this, this thing called anxiety. Like you're still going to have troubles and worries. It's not like just because you follow Jesus, your life is always going to be steady and, and happy. No, it seems like this problem is absolutely real. So Jesus is making it very clear that I actually care about your anxiety. But the second thing that he communicates is this. Not only do I care, but I can take care of your anxiety. That's the good news that we have this morning. Jesus says, do not be anxious. It's not a a possibility. He's not just saying, hey, try not to be so anxious or so worried. He says it in a command. Hey, stop it. Don't be anxious. As if he calmed the winds and the waves when, when it was chaotic. He's, he's calming the storm that's within the disciples. He's saying, hey, do not be anxious. And the reason why he can say this with such confidence is because he, he knows that he, he can he help us overcome our anxieties and our worries. You know, and this is good news because when it comes to the issue of anxiety, I see two groups of people. Um, some people might say this. No one understands me. Like, no one understands what I'm going through. I don't even know what I'm going through, what I'm feeling. And so every time I try to bring this up, people kind of look down on me. They don't take things serious. So no one understands me. Well, Jesus says, I understand you. I know that this is a real issue in your life. And the other group of people, they would say this. Anxiety cannot be cured. It's, it's just a condition that I was born with, something that can never be fixed. Like, I feel defeated. It's just something I need to learn how to, how to walk with, how to live with. And what Jesus says is this. No, it is absolutely possible for you to, to overcome your anxieties, especially if you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus is reminding us two things today. I care about your worries and your anxiety, but also I can take care of your worries and your anxieties. And that is, that is awesome news. And he gives us four reasons why, why we shouldn't be worried, why we can, can, can stay away from being anxious. Um, the first reason is this. There's more to life. There is more to life. Look at verse 22 one more time. It says this, and he said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Now, so what you will eat, that's food. What you'll put on, that's clothes. And you might be thinking, well, I don't really worry about those things. I'm not a big foodie. I just eat to survive. I just, food is fuel. Like, you might have that approach. Uh, some of you, you're like, yeah, I'm not a big kind of clothes person. Like, I just... I just uh, wear whatever, like my wardrobe is pretty simple. Uh, but you have to understand, food, um, clothes, these things represent the things that seem very essential and necessary in life, the basic things of life. Like without food, without clothes, like yes, it's a degree of how much food and how much clothes you're going to have, but you can't live without food and you can't without, live without clothes. Um, that you need food. To sustain your life, you need clothes to protect you from um, all that's going on in life. And so we can kind of extend this. Maybe it's not necessarily food for you. It's not clothes for you. But there are certain things in your life that you feel like these are non-negotiables. I absolutely need to have this. Maybe for you it's your health. 
Like, I, God, you can take away anything, but I have to have good health. Maybe for you, it's your family. God, you can touch any other area of my life, but like my family is, is the, the you, you can't touch that. I need my family. That's the most basic thing I need. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's your children. Maybe for some of you, it's your job. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's, it's your career. Maybe your education. Like, whatever it might be, those, there are certain things in our lives that we're going to get pretty upset if God touches those things. Like, we feel like these are things that everyone else has. Like, God, like, everyone else has food. Everyone else has clothes. These are the basic things that, that, that you should provide in our lives Jesus says, although those are important things in your life, those are not things that you should worry about in your life. Jesus is not saying that you know, clothes are unimportant and food is unimportant. In fact, earlier in, in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 11, when he was teaching his disciples how to pray, he said, hey, pray like this. Pray for your daily bread. In other words, it's important that you have daily bread, your daily needs met like that. I think God cares about your daily needs. The point that Jesus is trying to make is this. Don't make life just about your needs. There's more to your life than your needs. Like there's certain things that you feel like are super essential. Maybe your family, your career, your health, your wealth. But there's more to life. You know what anxiety does a lot of times? It makes you go into this tunnel vision where all that you see is the things that you worry about. And you don't see that there's anything else in life. Maybe there's times when you don't have enough food, you don't have the right clothes. Maybe there are times when God doesn't necessarily provide all that you feel like you need. But in those moments, I just want you to repeat one phrase in your head. There's more to life than this. When you're struggling with your health and you feel like God should give you your health, just remember, just because you're struggling with your health doesn't mean that there's, that's the end of your life. There's more to life than your health. When something is happening within your family and the struggle is real, just remind yourself there's more to life than my family. Although those are important things, those things are not everything that there is to life. We tend to make life so little and so small when we deal with anxiety. And Proverbs 12, 25 says this, anxiety in a man weighs him down. In other words, it's like anxiety has control over you. It's pressing on you. It's making you paralyzed in your life in a way that you're so, you're so distracted. And that's what really anxiety is. The word that's used here, do not be anxious, is a word that is often translated as concerns. It's talking about a state of a divided mind or a divided heart. And this word was used when, when, when in the story of Martha and Mary, right, when when. Martha was so busy doing all these things for Jesus. You know, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, why are you so anxious about all these different things? In other words, she was so distracted in her life about many things, she lost sight on the one thing that's most important, and that is Jesus Christ. That's what anxiety does for you. It makes your life so small, so little. You think that Everything about your life has to do with your basic needs that you need to do all, everything, like you need to reorient your schedule, your effort, your time to to make that one thing be sustainable. And what God is saying is this, there's more to life than all those things. Living is more than having. And, And so what? Like in those moments when you're struggling with the basic things of your life, 
just remind yourself there's more to life. Yes, I might be struggling in these certain areas in my life, but so what? There's still more to life. Just because I lack in certain things doesn't mean I can't do things for the Lord and for his kingdom. So there's more to life. It says in verse 23, for life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. By the way, that's one reason why we fast when we pray, right? We fast, we stay away from food or certain things that we feel like, feel like are necessary for our life. Why? Because we remind ourselves that man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the Lord. And so we're reminding ourselves, yes, it is necessary to have food, but food is not everything in our life. You know, I think this is so important, especially in the day and time that we live, because we live in a day and age where social media, the internet, we get to see everyone else's life. Literally, every meal that they have, we get to see through their posts. Every vacation that they take, we get to see. Every clothing that they have, we get to see. And you know what happens when you're constantly exposed to those things? You compare yourself with those people, the food that they eat, the, the clothes that they wear. And it's not a matter of, oh, man, I, 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 don't, I lack food and I lack clothes. But compared to, compared to them, you feel like I lack something. Like they're living the life. A good life is about eating good food and wearing good clothes and having a good car and living in a nice place. No. Materialism says that. The Bible says there's more to life than your stuff. Just because you have good stuff and a lot of stuff doesn't mean that your life is, is complete. No, that's just part of your life. There's so much more to life. So there's so much more to life. Can we say that all together? There's so much more to life. Okay, that's so weak. Okay, one more time. There's so much more to life. Okay. Point number two, God cares and provides. Not only is there so much more to life, but remember that God cares and provides when you're dealing with anxiety. It says in verse 24, Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? So Jesus now goes to nature, and he looks at this little creature, birds. Things that are so hinting. I mean, if he talked about an elephant, a tiger, okay, we get it. Like those things, like they're big. It seems like they have value. Birds, like who cares about birds? I, I hope I don't offend anyone, but like literally, like when you look at the birds, like out, out there, like they're so tiny, they're so little, insignificant. Um, it was to the point where if you didn't have enough money in Jesus' time, you were told to give an offering of two doves because that's the least that you can do. So birds were considered insignificant, like cheap. At that time. And, and Jesus says this. Consider the ravens, these birds. They don't have storehouses like the rich fool that we looked at a couple weeks ago. Birds don't have saving accounts. They don't have a retirement plan. And somehow, they're living life without any worries. You know, it reminds you that God, he cares for you. And the argument is that if God can take care of these birds, birds for their lives how much more you guys who are created in God's image in his after his likeness who God was willing to send his one and only son to the cross so that you can be saved how much more value do you have to God do you think God is going to let you go and, and have you walk in trouble simply to neglect you after doing all that no you're more valuable than those things that you see in, in nature. 
Now, I just want to clarify, this doesn't mean every single day, because God cares for you, you're going to receive a package in front of your door and with all the things that you need. It doesn't mean that you don't have to study and you're going to get all A's or you, you don't have to work, but you're still going to get your salary. No, just think about this. Birds work too. They have to go and find food. They have to fly, build their nests. They work, but interestingly, they don't worry. And that's the point that Jesus is trying to make. As we faithfully work with integrity according to God's word, embrace the idea to keep and cultivate all that God has given us in our lives, then we don't have to worry. Like, we don't have to be so concerned about the outcome of our lives. We don't have to worry about the security that we have in our lives if we find our eternal security in Jesus Christ. A lot of times, the reason why we invest in so much stuff food, clothing, or different things in our life is because we feel unsecure. We feel like if we don't have enough stuff, we're unsecure. And what God reminds us is these birds, they don't have enough stuff, yet still they're absolutely secure. But now it says in verse 27, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Though the lily in the field, like so beautiful, like, and you think about it, like, yeah, you can kind of try it, but can you produce something like a lily that's fascinating? No, you can't. Solomon, with all his wealth, with all his wisdom, cannot produce something like a lily. And what God is saying is this. God can clothe you, and when he clothes you, he's not just going to let you look, you know, embarrassing and, 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 and off, but he can clothe you with incredible beauty. No, so often the reason why we go after food, the reason why we go after clothes, it's not necessarily because you know, we want to survive, it's because we want to look beautiful, right? We want to look appealing. We want to look better than other people. And what God is reminding us this morning is not only do you find God, your security in God, but you should find your beauty in God. Like you don't have to put all that little stuff and own all those stuff to prove that you're beautiful and you're worthy. But God knows your heart before you. You are eternally valuable. I mean, if God was willing to give Jesus Christ and pay the ultimate price, like, isn't that worth everything? Like, you don't, like, if you're worth for eternity, like, I think about it. I don't know how much you think your body costs, like, how much value you put on your value. Um, let's say, like, you can buy the best car, you can put on the best clothes. Let's say that's a couple million dollars. If your life is worth $1 million and adding on top of your life all those stuff, a couple million dollars is great. But if your life is worth more than a billion dollars, if your life is worth eternity, then just adding a couple million dollars stuff, it's not going to change a whole lot, right? Understand your value. Understand that God cares for you. When you understand your worth and value in Christ, that's when you begin to become free from all this anxiety and worries to accumulate a lot of stuff. So life is more than your stuff. There's more to life than just simply having a lot of stuff. And God cares for you deeply. The third point I want to make is this. Anxiety, the reason why we should not worry is because anxiety is actually pointless. Like, it's, it doesn't do you any good. It says in verse 25, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? You know, one person said it like this. Worrying is like sitting in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it won't take you anywhere. 
And in other words, you're constantly thinking about something, but there's no solution to your problem. And so you worrying doesn't do any good to your life. It's not profitable for your life. Like, it doesn't make a difference in your life. Like, Jesus is reminding us that anxiety, like, just because we worry about our life, it doesn't mean we get an extra hour. It doesn't mean we get an extra season. Just simply worrying about all these things, like, because you worry about money, you have more money, no. Just simply being anxious about things, it doesn't change anything. And this is where I just want to make a clear distinction. There is a clear difference between being anxious and being thoughtful, right? Because some people might hear this sermon and like, okay, that's great. I don't need a plan. I don't need to pray. I can just live life, whatever, and God is going to take care of me. No, like God clearly reminds us that we should live with a plan. We should live prayerfully according to his word. I think the difference between being anxious and being thoughtful, and when you're being thoughtful, you do have concerns about certain things in your life, but you're working towards a solution. You're relying on God's word to find ways to, 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 to improve and, and to move from your condition. Simply anxiety is that, yes, you see the problem, but you don't see the solution. You're unwilling to dive into the solution. You feel helpless that you feel like there is no solution. And so God encourages us to be thoughtful, to be prayerful, to, be plan, to plan out our life according to his word. At the same time, he says that, but if you go into the realm of anxiety, if you are overly concerned about certain things in your life and you're not looking for a solution, you're only complaining about the troubles and the problems you have in life, then you're not going to go anywhere. Anxiety is pointless, and it gets even better. It says that, Anxiety is faithless. It says in verse 28, But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is, is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So Jesus says at the end of anxiety, at the heart of anxiety, at the root of anxiety, it's not simply a, a, a mental problem. It's not simply a physical condition. There's a spiritual problem that exists when you are dealing with anxiety. Now, I'm not saying that other factors don't come into play. I'm talking about the root. I'm talking about the, the cause of all this is really this anxiety that's created because there's a lack of trust, especially if you are following Jesus Christ and you trust that, that you say that you trust that he is your Lord and Savior. And yet when that trust is absent in your life, then of course you're going to be worried. If you can't have confidence in the one you're following, then you're going to be anxious all the way. The root cause of our anxiety a lot of times is the lack of trust that we have in Jesus Christ. We don't really trust that God will come through in many ways. We can't trust God with our provision, uh, our protection, God's promises. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. That's kind of how we feel. And what Jesus is reminding us today is this. You can trust God. Like anxiety, the real issue is that we lack trust. But the good news is this. When we lack faith, we have the author and the perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, that he helps us to walk a life that's free from anxiety. So God wants you to go from the realm of fear this morning into the realm of faith. Faith is this. You have all the troubles. You have all your worries. But at the same time, you're not looking, just looking at your worries and your troubles. In the midst of all your troubles and your worries, you also recognize that Jesus is there as well. 
I think about the boat where the disciples, they're in the boat and all that they can see is the wind and the waves and the storm that's crashing on them. They think that they're going to die. One thing that they were missing because they were so afraid, they lost sight of Jesus, who's the Lord of the storm. And when they fix their eyes on Jesus, what happens? The storm becomes calm. And so God promises us that he's not going to leave us nor forsake us. If we go all in for him, he will take care of the rest. So after the negative command, do not worry. This is the positive command, the exhortation that we should take away today. It says in verse 31, instead, instead of worrying, instead of being anxious about your life, which is pointless, which is faithless, which is thinking little of life and thinking little of God's care, instead of that, here's what you should do in verse 31. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. So first things first, what you should do, you should seek God's kingdom. And if you look in the Greek, this is a present tense, meaning it's not just a one-time seeking. It's keep seeking his kingdom. It's something that we should do every day, every hour, every moment of our lives. So if I can summarize today's message in one sentence, it's this. Put God first and let God take care of the rest. Put God first and let God take care of the rest. The reason why we struggle in our lives and we are struggling with anxiety is because we're not putting God first and so we don't trust that God is going to take care of the rest. We try to take care of all our anxiety, our worries, the stuff, and what we do is we come up with logical conclusions. We listen to advices from our friends, the people of this world, and that creates more anxiety in our lives. Why? Because the only one who can be trusted in our lives is God. So put God first and let him take care of you. Trust him. Renew your faith in him. And here's the encouragement to you. It says in verse 32, like, why should you put his kingdom first? It says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give, your, to, to give you the kingdom. The reason why God wants you to be free from anxieties, especially when it comes to the necessary stuff in your life, Although those are important stuff, God has a bigger plan for your life. He's not just telling you to let go of these things for nothing. He's saying that I want you to let go of these things so that you can receive the kingdom. All that God has to offer in his rule, in his reign. Like what does it mean to seek God first? It means that you seek control, God's control over your life in every aspect, every area of your life. The one area that you're so worried about. The one area that you're so concerned about, it might be your marriage, it might be your parenting, it might be your career, it might be your friendship, it might be even the way that you do church. Like the one area that you're so concerned about, God is encouraging you this morning to trust him, to seek his kingdom, his rule, his way first. Make it a priority. There's more to life. God cares for you deeply. He wants to provide for you. Anxiety is pointless. Anxiety is faithless. You know, when I was in seminary, I think I shared this before. I had an opportunity to work at a program where once a week we would go into an apartment complex that was full of refugees. Um, and uh, basically, these kids can't speak English. And so uh, once a week, we would uh, lead a Bible study, sing some songs, and then help them out with their homework. And, and the person who designed this program, um, right now he's a missionary in Madagascar, uh, it was quite interesting because he, too, was a seminary student. 
it's not like he was a seminary professor or well off in his career. He was simply a seminary student. He had, he had, he had a family, kids, and he made a decision. Although he had the luxury and the, the option to live on a, in a nice apartment on campus, you know, that's closer, that's more convenient. He said, no, like, I think, you know, as I'm studying, God also called me to reach out to this people group and this apartment complex. And so he really just, you know, rented out an apartment in the complex. Instead of giving one hour a week or two hours a week, which, you know, even for me, that was, that was something that I had to, had to make a decision for. Like he said, you know, our family, what we're going to do is we're going to live in, in this apartment. And it's not a big apartment, an old apartment, tiny apartment like mainly there to serve refugees for a period of time. He lived there for years until he finished his studies. Like looking at his life, it reminded me of this passage because some people might say, wow, that, like, he's putting, first of all, his kids in, in a bad, bad education system, like bad environment, like it could be dangerous, especially for his wife, like it's exposed in a way. And what he said is this, there's more to life than just having stuff and comfort and security and beauty. I recognize that my calling, the purpose of my life, is not just for me to feel comfortable in this world. It's for me to utilize my giftings, my talents, the resources that I have to make a difference for God's kingdom. And I think that's a very ten- in a very tangible way. Like It's not like God asking you to go overseas right now. But in your everyday life, how can you live out the kingdom? How can you submit to the rule and reign the direction of Jesus Christ. The command is clear. Do not fear. Don't worry. The promise is also clear too. You're like little flock. I'm like little flock. We're like weak, like sheep. But Jesus is our good shepherd. As we follow him as our good shepherd, every step of the way, God will give us his kingdom. How do we know that? That's the very reason why Jesus came in the first place, so that you and I, sinners like you and I, although we were part of the kingdom of darkness, it says in Colossians 1, he transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. And in Christ Jesus, we have everything in the kingdom along with the Father. So first things first, don't worry. It's not about just being happy. It's about seeking God's kingdom first. Amen? Let's pray.